Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com weightloss. That's PlushCare.com weightloss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I wasn't sure where in the boat I was, but given the preoccupations of my host, it was a safe bet I was as low in the boat as a person could get. Most notably, and possibly the most concerning, the Cellar King had taken no pains to secure me or relieve me of my weapon, if such a thing was even possible. He clearly thought he had the upper hand, and Pills wasn't the sort of person who'd miscalculate his chances. What exactly do you think we need to talk about, Pills? Do you really think I drove this freighter onto the ice in a failed attempt at escape? I expected that sort of dimwittery from your brother. I had higher hopes for you. Oh, I'm so sorry I don't meet your lofty expectations, Pills. But given the apparent desperation of your departure, I think we could be forgiven for assuming you were running scared. I'm sure you are familiar with what they say about assumptions. <laughs> no, I came here with intention. I knew I wouldn't get far enough to effect my escape. But I did need to get a sufficient distance away from the stone of the silentage. And then I needed only to wait. For you, Rosemary to come seek me out. And so you have. The psychotypes were needed only to deliver you to me once you were aboard, and occupy whomever else came with you. So, as you can see, I'm very far from running scared. Indeed, everything is going exactly as I planned. Though I confess you did manage to surprise me with your control of the dim. Bravo. You couldn't get far enough to escape because your power would bring you right back to the silentage. You're betting on my ability to extend your range. 
From what you said over the loudspeaker, you know about my trick with the beds. And you're counting on it to put you in contact with a distant current of collective consciousness, so you can pull your little vanishing act. How am I doing? Have I redeemed myself yet? The lunatic didn't answer me. He just smiled and pointed that burning scepter of his into the corner, at a large cot he'd apparently brought down with him. And now you're wondering how exactly I'll make you open the way. After all, you still have your weapon, and I've made no attempt to restrain you. Perhaps I've some hidden powers I haven't yet demonstrated. Okay, I'll bite. How do you figure I'm just gonna let you waltz out of here? By asking politely, naturally. And by offering you a trade. I know how you long to solve the mystery of yourself, how you came to be where you are, what you are. And what about dear Charlotte? Wouldn't you like to know what happened to your mommy? <laughs> Such things are known to me. But even if those insights aren't particularly tantalizing, I could catch you up with the facts of the moment. Like, say, why the Esoterium has you here. What they plan to do with the two of you. What they've always had in store. I'm not an idiot, Pills. You're no telepath, no prophet. You can look into the unconscious, derive some sense of what's in there, but you don't read it like it's some kind of book. Well then, maybe I should explain. You're quite wrong about what I can't do. The Great Unconscious isn't just a reservoir of all human thought. It's also a record of all human thought. Sort of like a great big file cabinet. I just select a name and then scoot down the page and read what's there to read. Granted, it can all be a bit much at times, dipping into a raging sea of thought. But I've grown somewhat adept at fishing. <laughs> the things I've learned, Rosemary, you couldn't imagine. I think I can imagine. Oh, I've seen the wakeless down there, prowling the depths of sleep, infesting dreams like worms chewing into apples. But they're not what I'm talking about. There are so many things you do not know, and that's what I'm here to change, if you'll allow it. I'm not about to let you go, Pills. Not to mutilate more innocent people, and certainly not to lose our chance at averting disaster. You're coming back with us, and nothing you can offer me can change that. Period. Have you ever heard of the Sleep-Wake Project, Rosemary? Or the Sleep-Wake Cycle? And I don't mean the boring old scientific term. What are you talking about? What Sleep-Wake Project? That's a good question. What am I talking about? Why have they, all of a sudden, decided to unite the two of you after so, so long? And exactly what were they doing to the two of you in that lab? I mean, all those wretched little tests and all. <laughs> Tell me what you're talking about, now! 
Incidentally, if I can't interest you in your secrets, perhaps I can persuade you with someone else's. For instance, do you know what they can do if they get their hands on me? If he gets his hands on me? You think the dim is bad? Oh boy. Don't change the goddamn subject. What are you talking about? Isaiah and I are part of some project? I haven't really changed the subject so much as expanded it. I'd love to tell you all about it. It could change your entire outlook. Especially if it meant saving you and your brother's necks. I only wish that brother of yours was the one I needed. He'd do anything if it meant helping you. Pity you don't feel the same way about him. The world wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, yet you'd still save it. A brother who'd die for you, on the other hand, did die for you, in fact. Well, not so much. He was desperate to get under my skin, force me into seeing only his side of things. I needed to exercise some control over the conversation. Hmm, frankly, I'm surprised you see things that plainly. If the subconscious is anything, it's subtext and nuance. The invisible process behind the product. And yet all you seem to get out of it are headlines. Yes, my brother puts his life on the line for me, as I do for him. But it's not that cut and dry. Or maybe you're being willingly obtuse. Or you just know Shane and Isaiah will be here soon enough, and you don't have time to dick around with the details. I mean, I know you're desperate to run and all, but if you want me to buy what you're selling, you'll need to be far more persuasive. So, you think I lack nuance, eh? That I could overlook the emptiness for the stars, the whispers for the words? I see like no other creature on this earth, and you know it! No, no, I'm no fool, Rosemary. You'll not trick me, goad me into some lapse of judgment. I'm not the one who's running out of time. I'm not the one who's oblivious. Why, I'm the hand holding the golden chalice of knowledge. Or the serpent offering the apple, <laughs> whichever. That's actually quite apropos. The devil, as the cellar king. In fact, that's where it all started. Those from below, coming above. What are you on about now? It all comes to bear, you know. And soon the snake will swallow its tail. That's what he wants from me. Pills was looking a little off, like he was in the middle of channeling messages from Mars. His eyes were as wide as saucers, and his grip on the scepter was starting to slip. They're already looking for me. There's only so long they can be lied to. They'll take me below. To the machine, that which sows seeds. And I am the richest soil. Who wants you? Spider Black? Who is he? Pills! Snap out of it! Who is he? Did you know I took my name from the Lord under the house, the king whose kingdom straddles the border between the great above and the great below? It seemed fitting. Read you the tale of the endless house, of the emperor of attics and the king of cellars. It's a wonderful tale. The chronicle of those who must come up, 
and those who must keep them below. The Cellar King was the wisest, his ear forever to the ground, and the Emperor of Attics, his head spent forever in the clouds. <laughs> the plot concerns the Cellar King's plan to ascend the Great Stairwell. For who wishes to live below that needn't? But as you and I have already discussed, long and hard is the way up and out of darkness. <laughs> oh, that Milton. The world around us seemed to be taking cues from Pill's mental state, his unfocused mind reflecting the cohesion of the room. I saw the whirl of countless thoughts playing beyond the cold steel of the walls, their incessant play wilting the will of solid reality. It was at that moment I realized how he'd hidden the exos from Shane's eye. He partially phased them, or the part of the boat they occupied, into the collective unconscious, sublimating them. In effect, Shane was trying to look through a dense fog. The problem was, I had no idea if Pills was really powerful enough to manage all these tricks on his own, or whether he was somehow drawing it from the dim. But I did know one thing. If he got violent, I was going to have to fight him for control of the room, so to speak. And after what I'd already gone through, I didn't know if I had another round left in me. You can feel them, can't you, Rosemary? The thoughts that fund reality, its strength, its laws, its illusion of externality. All eyes only look inward. There's no way out of it, the endless house. But that's more my plight than yours. You can still deny it all. Your power highlighting a false dichotomy, waking and dreaming. No, your problem, as you see it anyway, is that you live in a vacuum of knowledge about who and what you are. And, to a lesser extent, what or who controls you? All questions that I can answer effortlessly. But there's always a cost, yes. And yours... Again, as you see it, is the world itself. Let me go, and you watch the world fall, one domino at a time. Though, it is a world that was never well suited to you to begin with, you or your brother. But there's that lingering sense of ethics that just won't let you pull the trigger when it really counts. And from this side of the playing cards, I can tell you that your hand hasn't a chance in any of this. That the best move is to fold. And run. Run and wait out the millennia, if you must. Or, if you've a head for it, indulge in the coming darkness you were made for. From. Either way, your lives and your truths will be completely your own. But continue to sit at the card table, and all you can do is lose everything. I recalled the people I saw in the very first torturary I'd ever laid eyes on. The pain they felt, and all the pleasure it gave to the creature who fed upon it. If I gave up on everything, I was sanctioning that kind of shit. I was feeding the world to the dark. Despite my best efforts, I still found myself trying to rationalize it, justify it as a higher order within the cycle of life, one in which we were nowhere near the top. 
I wanted to be able to let the world collapse without guilt, accept Pill's offer. But I knew, regardless of how I squared it, if I let Pills go, I was officially and unequivocally a monster. I'm not giving up just because the way is hard, just like Milton says. <laughs> and you accuse me of overlooking nuance? After all, what constitutes light for one creature may not qualify it for another. And for you, victory for the Esoterium merely assures your tenure as slave. Your way out of darkness isn't behind that badge, Rosemary. And it sure as hell isn't sleeping between the cold stones of the Silentage. But you are correct about one thing. I haven't the time to dicker on points. So, I'll lay it out like this. You and your brother will wish you were only slaves by the end of all of this. And if you love your brother, and have even the slightest hope of living a life for yourselves, you'll let me tell you what you need to know, and then set me free. We're all better off running. So, Rosemary Stroud, what will it be? You and your brother, or the world? See him, goddamn space bending bastard, son of a bitch! The sky is famished, and there's no escaping it. You can tell the sky to keep its teeth off what's mine. Their flesh must be collected for the transformation. You're both fools if you think I'll let you take them from me. This is why Exos hunted alone. There's generally only enough air in a room to support one universe-defining philosophy. Or psychosis. Whatever. If they had a functioning brain between the lot of them, they'd have had Dent running cover for the other two. But as it was, they were running a blitz, trying to hit us all at once. No rhyme or reason to their respective assaults. Nothing sane at any rate. Shane, on the other hand, was all business. Despite his rather, um, casual attitude around the water cooler, once in the thick of it, he was a machine. Every move he made was tactically sound and smart, and carried out with no small amount of finesse. Simply put, he was pretty easy to work with. There's only so long you can keep us at bay. Esther Miggs was the wild card, as I wasn't quite sure how her party trick worked. At one point, Right when I had her in my sights, her face stretched out in fear, which seemed to cause all the debris in the hall to jerk backwards, away from her and right smack dab into me. I'd heard of projecting empaths, but uh, not one that affected objects. Veers tipped his hat a while ago, when he took a bite of one of the corpses Pills had left behind and brainless. After a few seconds, he'd reproduced their eyes and ears right next to his own, not to mention both of their mouths. It was an interesting trick, but uh, his power required he got close, which was never a good idea with the pale revolvers. 
On your side, company man. Looks like more white wigs. I took no pride in icing the wigs. They were just pills as pawns. But I didn't get this far by being sympathetic. We'd managed to put the exos in front of us, drawing them down an adjacent corridor and laying down some heavy fire. Granted, while Dent was distorting the trajectory of our shots, our gunfire was still functioning as a barrier to their forward momentum. As for the effectiveness of my pale field, I was able to disrupt all three of their exopathies, but at a much reduced range. And while our strategy was working to keep the exos back, I was no closer to Romy, who I had to assume was either out of the fight or pursuing pills. Neither scenario was uh, particularly wonderful. We needed to take things to the Exos. I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of playing defense. What you got in mind? Nothing fancy. I'll catch him in a rush while you hang back and cover me. At close range, my field should knock out their gimmicks. Give me a shot at dropping them. Once I've made an impact, just follow me in and clean up. How's that sound? Music to my ears. Jump whenever you want. I got you. I put some time between my shots, letting the Exos move a little closer. Once they made their move, I'd make mine. It was Veers who felt friskiest of the bunch, leaping high into the air above our line of fire. Your flesh is mine! He'd grown some extra arms since last he popped up. All four of them were brandishing Cobra chain pistols he'd likely lifted from the dead guardsmen. The things fired a rod-rigid stream of rounds, like a laser made of lead. Luckily, Veers was a lousy shot. Once he was at the top of his leap, I rushed beneath him, blasting upwards. I clipped him a good one, the force flattening him against the ceiling before toppling to the ground. I couldn't see, but uh, I was pretty sure Shane popped him at least once before he landed. I'm glad you finally decided to grow a spine, and just in time to have it ripped out. Ah! Migs met me head on, roaring, veins popping out all over her face. Glancing sideways, I caught sight of the wall moving, angry, monstrous faces beginning to take shape pushing teethy maws out towards me. But she'd made the mistake of letting me get close, my power batting hers aside. My revolvers were flush against her stomach before I'd even pulled the triggers. Ah! Two more down. Migs practically evaporated from the shot and I just kept running through whatever was left, training on Dent where he'd hidden a hole in the bulkhead. He was an agoraphobe, probably needed to uh, hang out in really small places. Funny thing about small places, ain't much room to dodge. I wasn't close enough to put him in range of my field, so he threw off the trajectory of my shots, little fucker. Only showing enough of himself to take a shot at me with yet another Cobra chain pistol, he opened his mouth to speak but only a dimly glowing liquescence escaped his lips. One of Shane's phantom bullets had clipped him right through the back of the head, or soul, 
whichever. That's all of them. Now let's bag that little bastard pills. Remember, we need him alive. Unless he's done something to my sister. And then he'll wish to hell he was dead. I'm gonna guess he's behind that there door. Yeah, the picture of the upside down brain painted all in blood kind of gives him away. You ready? And then soon. The door smashed open, and there was Romy, just standing there, alone. Her eyes were as sad as I'd ever seen them. Romy, are you, are you okay? Where's Pills? She didn't answer me, just pointed to the corner. And there was Pills, laid out on an old dirty cot, all wrapped up in Romy's Balik. The blade slid between his lips to keep him from yammering. Yeah, <laughs> what's the matter, Pills? Cat got your tongue? <laughs> that takes care of that, then. You, you okay? You're not hurt, are you? Long and hard is the road. What'd you say? Nothing. I'm fine. Let's get out of here. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. 